Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an extra special episode of Kicked Back presented by Betway because I'm joined by three incredible women on this show. I'll get everyone to introduce themselves here in a minute, but I'm just very honored and grateful to be here with you guys today because we're going to spend the next 30 minutes talking about a very important conversation that needs to be had within women's sports and that you guys are now the catalysts in creating so much change in, in Canada. So I'm excited to talk with you ladies and yes, maybe Ashley, you start off with a little bit of an introduction. Sure. Uh, listen, first off, Caroline, thanks for having all of us here. And, and we're pretty excited to be championing women's sports today. Uh, my name is Ashley Curran. I'm the Associate Vice President of Sport Partnerships at Canadian Tire Corporation. So I oversee all of our sport portfolio from grassroots um, organizations all the way up to uh, professional bodies. And hopefully, um, you know, we've got some partners here today uh, to celebrate more. We want more women's sports. So we'll get into that in a bit. Um, but yeah, a little bit about me. Amazing. Diana? Hi, Diana Matheson, former women's soccer player uh, for a couple decades professionally and for Canada. Now co-founder co and CEO of Project 8, which is building Canada's Women's Professional Soccer League set to kick off in 2025, along with uh, our founding teams and founding partners so far, including, of course, Canadian Tire. Amazing. And Allison? Yeah, I feel like Canadian Tire is like the link between so many people in this space right now. So I am Allison Sandmeyer-Graves. I'm the CEO of Canadian Women in Sport. So we're the lead voice and authority on women in sport in this country. I think historically, we've probably said playground to podium, but now we, we absolutely have to say playground to professional. So really making sure that girls and women have fair, inclusive opportunities to play and lead in sport in every capacity at every level and really to reap the benefits of, of that. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. And, you know, Allison, you were just mentioning that Canadian tires, this link between everyone here on this show. And maybe actually this is more of a question for you, but from what I understand, there's this new initiative that has been brought to the surface from Canadian tire, which would essentially generate sponsorship dollars that would go towards women's professional sports by 2026. Is this the initiative? Is this the mission? And what more can you tell us about this amazing thing that you guys are doing? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, it's been in the works for a while. And I think for those of you who know, at Canadian Tire, we're a 100-year-old retailer. Um, we've always been entrenched in sport. 
you know, our charity Jumpstart is one of the largest um, youth charities helping kids in financial need get the benefits of sport. It's been around since 2005. Where where you get your first pair of skates, your soccer ball, your cleats um, to play, and 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 you know, so a lot of people's journey into sport starts with us. So while we've had a long uh, tradition supporting um, sport in this country and women in sport, um, there haven't been a lot of opportunities for women, as we all know, to play at the highest levels of their sports, and so we. Uh, really excited um, to become the first Canadian brand. Uh, this would have been 90 days ago um, to put a stake in the ground and make a commitment to balance our sponsorship investment to be 50, 50 by 2026 men's and women's professional sports. Um, so that's uh, what some of the buzz is all about. Um, I think it's uh, something that we have uh, you know, been working with like Haley Wickenheiser for better part of a decade now and a number of other leaders in their sports, but there's just, um, there's a real groundswell. And I think Allison's best to speak to this is a real groundswell in this country. Um, around professional women's sports opportunities. And we've been a part of the PWHBA and the PHF for a few years now and have just been waiting for more opportunities to come. And suddenly in the span of 12 months, um, we started confidentially hearing rumors about, you know, a domestic soccer league coming here. And we started hearing rumors of a WNBA game. And, you know, Allison was in our inbox being like, there's a real gap in research. Let's work together on it. How can we solve for this? And I'm like, I want that data to help build the business case internally to make this big announcement, to put a stake in the ground and hopefully set, you know, a guiding you know, light for other brands to step up and join us on this journey. So that's a little bit of behind the scenes. We can get into a little bit more about what it means, but really for us, it's about rising tides, lift all boats. It's about coming together, bringing such champions of sport um, into the rooms and figuring out collectively how we can do more and, and create a real marketplace for, for professional women's sports in this country. Yeah, Allison, is there anything you can add to that? Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, I mean, so our organization, not a 100-year-old organization, but a 40-plus-year-old organization, we've, we've been at this for a long time, but uh, I think that there, over the past, I'd say five or six years, there's been just this this building sense that that you know we're making progress, like we're 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 getting somewhere. I think when we look uh, at girls playing across the country, uh, women leading across the country, uh, there's some really positive stories. Also, a lot of gaps. I mean, girls are still dropping out way earlier than boys, um, and in way greater numbers, sorry, than boys. Um, you know, women coaching. There's far fewer women coaching than there are men. Uh, but when you look at the professional space. Well, that was probably the biggest gap of all because they're just in some sports is literally nothing. And in others, it's, it's really nascent or, or fledgling. And so, um, it's important that there be professional opportunities for women to play in Canada. And I think Diana can speak to a lot of that within the soccer context. And it translates across every, every sport. But when you look at the, the big picture of how do we create a sports system that looks like Canada and that serves women and girls as well as it has served boys and men over the years. Having women's professional sport, yes, for the athletes, but also for the women leading in the front offices and the back offices, uh, you know, visible in the media with better and, and more storytelling happening. Um, it sends a real signal about the respect and the value of women playing sport and women leading in sport. And I think that will have 
just tremendous impacts across the entire sport system. And uh, again, rising tide, lifting all boats. I have to tell you guys right now how much what you're doing means to someone like me because a little bit about my background. I was on the U17 Canadian team. We we were the first age U17 team to be able to go to a World Cup. That was the first time FIFA introduced the U17 World Cup in New Zealand. And from there, I went to go play uh, collegiately at West Virginia University. And I remember thinking, like, what do I do after here? You know, I mean, there there is the Women's League in the U.S., but I'm like, what if I want to go back home? And, you know, sometimes there would be some troubles with the Women's League. Sometimes it would collapse and it wouldn't feel too stable. And you were constantly thinking of, like, how can I continue to play and do what I love and do what I'm good at, but make sure I'm also secure in the long run. Right. And that was a big question mark when I was playing as a female soccer player, female footballer. And there was always that question of like, if I want to go back home and, and be with my family, there's nothing to do. Like Toronto FC came out with the league and my dad and I are season ticket holders since the first season. But I was like, where's the women's team? You know, I want a women's team. I want to play for TFC women. Uh, so what you guys are doing for so many women, because even when I started my TV career at Sportsnet, I'd get so many messages from young female soccer players being like, I wish there was more for us here. And I was like, there, we, we've come so far, but there's still such a long way to go. And I've been very protective about that space. So speaking here with you all today, it's very meaningful to me. Like this is a very big place in my heart. And I think that what you all are doing for not only the women of my generation, but more importantly, the women growing up and the young girls who are now investing their time and soul and passion and commitment into their sport, they're now going to be entering a safer space of, okay, I can make a career out of this. You know, I'm going to be respected within my space. And I think that that just speaks volumes and I could go on and on and on, but, uh, Diana, it's a perfect segue into what you're doing with project eight and creating this Canadian women's pro soccer league. Where did this idea come from? How long was it in the works? You know, just tell us everything that you can. Well, I think the I think we've all known in the landscape. You said it. The the one thing that's been missing in Canadian soccer is the pro game, uh, and I think that's been on the minds of women soccer players in Canada for you know at least a decade. As we watch mm-hmm. the rest of the the world really build up their professional leagues, and it was always waiting to see what would happen here. I think it one catalyst for Lena Moscato. Um, she was she was working for. CPL years and years ago when she she was showing some of the stuff she'd been working on personally and what she'd learned and just you know at that time I'd said okay what's the easiest way to build pro soccer in Canada well let's get an NWSL team we'll do a TFC women like box checked we've done it and it was Carm who really pointed out first the opportunity that exists in Canada to build a women's pro league and just the exponentially larger impact that a league has on not just the players but everyone in the entire ecosystem women in sports media women in business uh and just you know what that would mean for the canadian landscape and then for me the journey really started when i retired i knew i wanted to stay involved in that somehow so i started talking to as many people as possible to see you know who's working on what what's going on where can i pitch in i knew i wanted to be on the business side so i went back to school i got my executive mba through a partnership through game plan coc um and the smith school of business i did some soccer specific programming well, so I was basically a full-time student for 18 months. And then through those two things, through this, the soccer programming, I got a picture of 
A, there's no one way to build a league. That's clear. That came through really clearly. You have to build tailor fit to your market. And in Canada, we're a really unique market. We've got challenges, lack of soccer infrastructure, huge geography. We've got huge strengths here compared to other nations. Our participation rates of girls in soccer, our fan base that's been supporting this national team for over a decade, that's other countries. So that came really clear. The competition format that would work in this country. And then through business school, I think I can remember really clearly Elsbeth Murray, who's now on the board for the league, had a class, uh, Entrepreneurial Essentials. And one of the classes had one part that said, here's four things you need in any business. You need, you need a problem to solve. You need the opportunity. Check. You need revenue. And in our ecosystem, we could see what those were. It was ownership. It was ticket sales. It was merchandise. And it was corporate sponsorship. Check. You need the people. Uh, and for me, that meant, you know, finding a business partner. And I met him through my executive MBA, Thomas Gilbert, and a uh, perfect guy to start this thing with. And then timing. Been better for this thing. And I'm like, well, we've got all these boxes. Should we just start working on it? Uh, and we did last June and we made a plan. Uh, and and so far, the plan is is on track to kick off in 2025. And from a business perspective, how was it received? It's been un unbelievable. I think two things that surprise. I knew the timing was right. I think two things that have even exceeded my expectations, the response from corporate Canada and Canadian companies stepping up and leading the way and being the first ones to put money into this because there's risk. There's risk in sports and especially in a league that doesn't exist yet. Like we don't we don't have eight teams yet. We don't have games yet. But Canadian companies are just like we're in. Uh, and the second thing you kind of touched on it was the response from Canadians and the the impact and the sense of women and girls and, you know, dads with daughters and men that were raised by a single mother and men that have four sisters, what this league means to them. And everyone is saying, oh, it's about time. I can't wait to buy a ticket. I can't wait to to buy a jersey. The The response has been really, really impactful. And the amount of young women that have come up to me and shared stories kind of like you just did has been is above and beyond what I expected. Did you ever think while being a player that you'd be doing this in retirement? Is this something that you knew in your heart of hearts, you would end up being such a catalyst of change? No, athletes are very short-sighted and we're <laughs> ourselves in the next game. So no, uh, I think in hindsight, I, I maybe had a bit of the entrepreneurial bug. We did, I did some soccer camps in the past with some teammates, Rian Sink and Karina. I helped form the, the players association. So I had a couple some practice runs, but uh, no, I did not think I would be building and creating our own women's professional soccer league in Canada. I didn't, didn't expect that one. Well, thank goodness that idea came to you and Ashley and Allison to include you into the conversation. What was your initial reaction to when you saw this news come out about the Canadian pro women's soccer league? You know, how did you feel? And how did you feel about the fact that, you know, Diana and her team essentially are again, yeah, being such a big, catalyst of change in Canada and going to impact so many young Canadian women. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can speak and I'd, I'd actually love to hear Allison's answer on this um, from the other side, but we were one of the brands that, you know, we got a, a very confidential proposal and, 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 you know, we were one of the first phone calls, which was, which was great. Um, it took us a few months internally um, to get the buy-in that we needed, but it was, it was not a hard sell once we really got to understand Diana's vision and met with her partners and, and really what they wanted to build in this country. Um, so 
I think for us, it was pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting because I think it's the scale of what we've been missing in this country and something that we've been really looking um, to support for some time. And um, it was, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised when that phone call came in because we were already exploring something with the WNBA. We were already, what, seven, eight, nine months in, Allison, uh, with, with our work with Canadian Women in Sport and, you know, really kind of was waiting for for more opportunities. And uh, so I think for us, we were pretty excited. And I think that's really rare in this country where you get to be a part of something from the ground up. And building a sport league, um, you know, is something when you look at men's sports, I mean, it's, you know, last time people had an opportunity to build something fresh was like 100 years ago in many cases. So this is pretty exciting. And, and I think we're pretty, pretty pumped to be uh, to have gotten a sneak peek before most of Canada heard about it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, I, I think one of the first real times I had the opportunity to, to hear about it was, again, from Diana. And I, I think we were like sitting on a park bench somewhere in Toronto meeting one another for the first yeah. time. I think we met for a coffee and then the coffee shop wasn't what either of us were. I think it was <laughs> and you know i think that anybody who has heard diana talk about the opportunity and share her vision for this and uh you know and it immediately gets into like the real business fundamentals behind the opportunity you can't help but be inspired and impressed and ready to support um it it takes enormous courage to do what project aid is doing um you know, in the report that we recently released, really talk about it's time. It's time for investment in women's professional sport in this country. We talk about the bias that confronts uh, women's sport. Like, Diana is approaching the same companies that have chosen not to invest in women's sport all this time, if they even contemplated it at all. And so what's different now is is a big question that we're holding. And, and I think... What's really exciting about this moment is what we've seen globally, all the shifts and the and the success that uh, that teams and that leagues are having globally. We're seeing the growth and interest in the fan base here in Canada, which of course is at the heart of of any sports business. Uh, we're seeing the, the companies step up and really shaking off some of that unconscious, unconscious bias that has plagued women's sports at this level for so long and it has prevented these sorts of things from happening but without courageous people ready to to you know bring the big ideas forward and mobilize the support and create opportunities for other people to join them in it nothing's ultimately going to happen so uh, it's pretty exciting that all of this has coalesced in a way in the last 12 months and i mean we're just getting started but um, it's great to see all of these different pieces just sort of serendipitously, but also strategically <laughs> falling yeah. into place. That means it's meant to be. You guys are on the right track. That's the universe saying 
green lights. Uh, one, one thing you touched on, Allison, at the top of the show is you mentioned a word visibility. What's been the disconnect with visibility and women's sport here in Canada? I mean, broadcast, social media, digital outlets. I just feel like more oftentimes than not, we're seeing so much more about the men's sports and teams here in Canada and the women's side has been left out. Why is there such a big disconnect? And is that something that the three of you will strive to improve? Well, I welcome comments from, from Ashley and Diana on this. I think uh, I won't go too back, far back in history, but I mean, sport in this country, like so many, was designed by and for men and, and men's teams and leagues have like decades head start on women. Um, so they've just had all the, the advantages that have come with that. Um, I think too, if we're being totally honest, the, the decision makers, the editors, the on-air talent, like has been vastly men in, in the sports broadcasting and the sports media spaces. And they have seen their audience as being men. And so um, where do women fit in that picture has been, has been the big challenge. And certainly there's been progress, no doubt. Um, but there still is this pervasive bias that will like, no one's going to watch that. Uh, but again, around the world, these like record audiences, record viewership. I mean, the fans are telling a different story. We just got to give them an opportunity to watch and to engage and to be fans. And the exciting thing about those fans is they're young and they're diverse and they're affluent. Like, isn't that an audience that sport broadcasters and sport media want to access right now and want to engage. Um, but they, they have to step up to the plate as well and to see the stories that are available and to treat them right. Um, and to be part of building this, uh, because everybody has to get in and build at this point. They can't just sit back and wait for it to unfold and then come in and capitalize on the results. Um, so it's going to require courage from media as well. Um, which is, you know, a conversation that we're excited to have. I'm excited for you guys to have those conversations. Cause as again, as someone, as a woman who was on TV in the network industry on the, in the TV industry, it's very important that more women are put in positions where, you know, they are the face, their opinions matter, you know, their storytelling matters. They're able to relate to other female athletes in a different way. Uh, that's very, very important. So I'm very excited for you guys to have those conversations again, from a personal perspective. But when you talk about bias, what's a way to challenge that bias? Because oftentimes when, you know, I want to watch a women's game, unfortunately you're met with the bias or the stereotype that, Oh, the quality isn't the same or that game's going to be boring. And that in itself is a challenge within women's sports. How do you think you guys can combat that type of stereotype and bias? I could jump in on that. I think we're doing it. I think having this conversation, I think giving yeah. these phenomenal women, like Diana and Allison, champions in their respective fields, more of a voice and a platform, the more people we reach through every channel, that we can to, to really break down those, those biases and, and really showcase, um, the breadth of richer content in many cases, when you, when you profile and celebrate women's sports, it's um, the reactions, you know, we're seeing more and more of the research too. Like the fan reaction is equivalent or higher um, 
around the the affinity for for their favorite players, for their teams, for the leagues. And I think if you look at like what the WNBA has done in the last twenty years, like you're fans of the league at the mm-hmm. the exhibition game here in Canada. I mean, if you weren't in that arena, you could still pick it up on broadcast, the energy and enthusiasm from all the fans. They're celebrating every score on either side. And no matter about the teams, it was celebrating that moment. And I think, you know, back to anyone in the broadcast space, how can you not want to tap into that and harness that? So, yeah, there's a lot of bias, there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of myth busting that needs to happen. Um, And I think that's the work we're trying to do right now. And I think that's the work that there's more research to come from looking at women's sport. Um, We're on that journey, too, to help fill those gaps. And, you know, from our lens, um, our dollars are going against sponsorship, but they're also going against how we storytell. And, And we're looking for media partners to help us on that journey. And and in a sustained way. I don't want to come on board for one moment in time. I want, you know, I want to be there as a brand and I need our broadcasters to step up here um, for, you know, the regular habitual viewing, like Tuesday nights, you know, Tuesday nights we tune in, we watch Project 8, right? Two years from now. So that's that's what we're looking for. And I think that's we've got a role to play and all the brands do. Um, but it's uh, there's a lot of work to do. No question. Diana, I think this was a quote that you had, I believe, in the Canadian Tire press release. But you said every kid in Canada dreams of playing the sport they love to the highest level. But unfortunately, those opportunities differ for boys versus girls. Let's talk about gender equality within Canada and inclusion within sport and the way maybe the way you see it from your lens. Yeah, I think I think big picture to me, we're very, we're very much at a inflection point uh, in Canadian sport of where we've been and where we're going. I think as a culture and a society, we learned a lot of things through the the pandemic and had a closer look at ourselves and and as societies what we feel are important. Allison pointed it out. We all grew up with the myths and biases that surround women's sport. And I grew up as an athlete being, well, of course I didn't get paid as much as the men, you know, they drive X, Y, Z in, in revenues. And we were repeatedly told that whether it was true or not. Uh, and I think we now know it's not true. Um, and that longer term investment results in a, a better product. And it hasn't been there in the women's game. But the, the next decade is just really exciting. And it's, it's hard for me to not be very optimistic about it because I've had these experiences of traveling to Europe for school, traveling other places. Ashley hated my answer. <laughs> she logged off. <laughs> yeah. And you can see like everyone, the world round is, is dealing with the same issues in women's sport mm-hmm. and everyone's on a different part of the journey. And like the reality is my counterparts in Oman are dealing with the struggle where they have to get their women's national team to play games in a closed door environment because they're not allowed to be seen by men while they play games. That's what they're dealing with. Right. In Canada, we have a very progressive society where, of course, misogyny exists. It's not gone, but we're we're ahead of a lot of the world. And we have women now in positions, decision making positions, not enough, but they're there in sport, in business, where we now get to start to move these balls forward. And we're world class at women's sport. Like Canada is so 
I think we're too, we know we're too humble. You know, we know we've got a complex when it comes to the U S but like, it's not Canada versus U S it's Canada versus the world. And in women's sport, we're really, really good at it. And, you know, we've seen this in the Olympics every two years, winter, summer, the women bring home the majority of the medals. And and now it's time to progress that to the professional game, soccer, hockey, basketball. We'll start there and then we'll keep going. And it's not like these need to be a second tier league all compared to the U.S. league. No, they're leagues that will compete globally. Sport is a global product. And as Canada, our players, uh, our women in business, our women leaders, our fans, like we're right up there with the right, the rest of the world. So like, let's, it's about getting into the market now and competing. And it's going to take, it's going to take, you know, decades to get this thing up to where it needs to be because we're starting from scratch, but uh, it's, it's the more we can invest now off the bat and, and that's our job, the, the quicker we can get this thing to where it is. And it's, it's all very exciting for me. My last question for everyone, you mentioned decades, Diana, where do you guys want the end goal to be maybe in the next 10, 20 years? What, what would you like to see from where we are today within the next 10 to 20 years? What's the big goal? Oh, there's well, there's no end, is there? So Love there's it. no like we're just getting started. Ten years in is like look at the NWSL. They are ten years in. Mm-hmm. And now like they made, they made a jump a few years ago as sports do the valuations in the club has jumped. The investment has jumped. So now they're into their second phase. So, you know, year 10, this, I think we've got three pro sports happening minimum in Canada for us. We've expanded the league probably to 12 teams by then. And we're competing in global competitions. Our teams are competing against other leagues. And, you know, I think we've created, countless jobs in sport, sport, business, sport, media for women. And you know what? I think Allison, I'm really excited to see that uh, one out of three girls drop out of sport number start to decrease. Like, I think that's the telling thing. And that's the thing that's maybe going to take 10, 20 years to get that to equalize uh, with boys that they're dropping out of sport at the same rate. For sure. There's definitely a short game and a long game to all of this, but you know, as we look out, I just, you know, It's like what Diana said, and just make that the new normal, right? Where it's like, that's not this exceptional thing or this outlier, this thing that people are still waiting and like, you know, is it or isn't it like that sort of thing? It's like, this is just the new normal. And there will be kids who grow up who never knew a time when women didn't play sport professionally in this country with two like huge audiences in the stadiums and uh, on TV and the ripple effects throughout the sports system in terms of investment and value and like those synergies is, you know, they don't happen by accident. There has to be real intention to everything in this space, but uh, it's so encouraging to see another point of innovation, another point of influence entering the space that can impact not just a piece of it, but the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you follow these two. I mean, I think you guys collectively summarized all of it. I think that's, it's that it's equity, right? It's the pay equity amongst female athletes making the same or more of their male, male counterparts. It's us looking at what are you watching tonight, watching basketball and it could be men's and women's or could just be women's, but it, you know, it's the, 
the dominant logic when we say we're tuning in to watch professional sports right now is men's professional sport. Um, and would I you know love to shake that up. And I think in 10 or 20 years time, you know, hopefully we're seeing some of that normalize. And um, and so I think it's it's a long way to go, but this is the fight worth having. You know, and I think 20 years from now, I don't want to be making headlines um, around putting dollars against women. We want to be, you know, we should be making headlines around. There's so many other bigger matters that we can be tackling. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, I think, this idea of like that next generation of girls coming up, um, getting to watch their heroes, male or female, and seeing themselves having a role. They could go and play at the highest levels of their sport on the court or off, right? And and rise up um, within sport organizations as well. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's a long way off, but it's uh, it's like I said, it's a fight worth having. Beautiful. Ashley, Allison, Diana, I know you guys do a lot of these interviews all the time, but please know, I almost got emotional while Allison was talking just a second ago. You know, the idea of maybe one day, hopefully having a daughter and she wants to play professional sports, that she would have that opportunity in Canada. And this is something that the three of you are are working towards. And again, from a personal perspective, this has been more than just a an interview for me and, and a discussion. This has been a joyful experience. So I want to let the three of you know that I'm very, very excited. You have a supporter in me. We will do our best to let everybody know about this initiative and and everything that you guys are doing within your space and the best of luck. And if there's anything that we can do to support you more, please, please let me know. Thanks. Well, that was, this was fun for us too. Thanks. Yeah, we enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you. And before I let you go, Diana, I had to tell you, cause we kind of started talking about this offline, but there is a picture of you and I, I think back when I was 14, 12, I think maybe 14 years old and I was born in 91 and uh, my parents, they knew how much I adored you and Carl Lang and Melanie Booth. And there was a meet and greet somewhere in Oakville. And they surprised me with this meet and greet. And when I saw that it was you three, I couldn't talk. And I, this is coming from the most introverted kid in the world. I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak. And I was just in complete awe. And that's the impact that you and the Canadian women uh, of that time had on younger generations like me. And, And that hasn't been lost on me, you know, even talking to you today. It's, it's such a, it's a career highlight for me. So I I appreciate your time very much. I know that you're very humble and sometimes, you know, it's, it's a lot, especially when someone's letting them know your appreciation, but I appreciate your time and, and everything that you're doing in the sport of soccer for women. Oh, thanks so much. And I appreciate you for not showing that picture. <laughs> Sorry, it's on Twitter. I tweeted it like an hour ago. So. <laughs> oh, no. It's on Twitter. I'm so sorry. That was a long time ago. You still like, honestly, yeah. yeah. No, it's great. Thanks. Thank you ladies so much for your time. And, and hopefully this will, we'll, we'll be talking again in the, in the near future. Yeah, that'd be great. It'll be all fun. Thank thanks you. so much for having us. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.